Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. So good morning. I, uh, this, this subject is something that I have always been excited about. Um, from an early age, growing up in church, realizing that this, this isn't just what God had planned for community. That it was impossible to be community in a very large gathering. This is one expression of it. But that there, there are other expressions of community that we needed to understand. So as soon as I got the PowerPoint ready, if you can just pop that up for us. So a quick recap on last week. Uh, anyone remember Friends TV program? One of the most popular programs ever known on television. And we asked the question, why is that so? Because it emulated a community of friends that did life together. They, uh, they, they went through their triumphs. They went through their pain. They went through their love affairs. And they took the whole of the world on that journey with them. Anybody here watch Friends? Wonderful. And there is a, there is a kind of desire in us that we wanted to be a kind of part of a group of people like that. Anyone felt like that? Anyone remember Cheers, the bar where everyone knows your name, the beginning of Fraser Crane? Um, and then everyone wanted to, I remember when I was planning a church, said, we want to be the, the Cheers of, of church planning where everyone knows your name. Uh, because again, emulated that desire to, to belong and to be known. And right in the DNA of creation, um, we've seen that God is a community wanting to be a community. So let's have a quick recap. So you were created by a community. So when we say the word God, we're not talking singular. We're talking a community. God the Father, God the, and God, Holy Spirit. Just by the way, um, the Son of God doesn't mean that it was God's Son. That was just a name that the Romans used to give to someone who was like God. And so there was the Father, there is Jesus, and there is the Holy Spirit. And there are communities, three separate beings living in community. And through that community created you. And you were not created to be on your own because you're a mirror of the community, correct? Therefore, your creation is that you need to be with someone. And so there's this long time in the garden where Adam was by himself and they gave him tons of animals only so that he could get to the point realizing that animals weren't going to help him too much. And so he beg, begged God for a woman. Probably the first mistake. Anyway, we're not going to go. So from a community came creation, and then out of a community, Philippians 2, where Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself a little lower, coming down from heaven because they wanted to begin the mission of transforming the world, which was in Philippians 2. So Jesus comes as part of a mission. And so mission flows out of community. Everyone tracking? Okay. All right. And then there's a pattern throughout Scripture. So God's pattern for changing the world. Remember, the, the whole reason that we are here is that the world will be filled with the glory of God. And where is the glory of God seen? In us. We are the glory of God. And so we are to populate the earth so the world can see the glory and be wanting to be drawn by that glory. And so there's this pattern through Scripture. Family starts with a family. Families multiply. They become clans. Clans multiply, become tribes. Tribes become nations. Nations change the world. Who wants to change the world? So if you want to change the world, then you have to get with the program, which is part of being in community. Are you with me? Okay. We said, well, then what are the mechanics of community that you firstly get joined together? 
two become one, correct? And that, that the reunion or the reproduction of that is that it produces something, produces life. So um, when a community gets together, what should happen in a healthy community is it multiplies, it grows. And then after that, multiplication becomes a maturing process. And then after the maturing process becomes the releasing process. And then we start it all over again. Are you with me? So if a community isn't reproducing, maturing, releasing, then it's not a community. And it's important for us to start to ask the question, what is the purpose of the communities I'm within? Because they are specifically designed to follow this process. So we ask the question, I'm sure of you, all of you have the answer, what is the fruit of an apple tree? An orchard or another apple tree. What is the fruit of a family? Another family. What is the fruit of a church? Another church. What is the fruit of your community group? Another community. If, it, if that is not the end goal, then what we have isn't what God ordained. Yes, Dave. Great preaching. Well done. So we're going to look then. We've looked at the purpose of community. Let's look today at the mechanics of community, the principles behind community. So the first thing that a community does is it teaches us or creates a space to learn and grow. We all need the voices of people around us. You need the voice of older people, younger people. You need the voices of radical people. You need the voices of mature people. You need all of these voices. If you only hang around with people that you agree with, you will remain small. You have to be in community with people that love Donald Trump and hate Donald Trump. You have to be with people that love capitalism and hate socialism, vegans and meat eaters. You need them all in your community. Because you need the voices of other people to grow you. Where do we hear the voice of God? The scripture is full of this. Where do we hear the voice of God? From one another. If you have the ears to hear, you will hear God speak through the people that God puts in your lives. Every day he speaks to us. But often we don't listen. We need safe places. Communities, and um, we'll talk about this in a moment. But communities are safe places where you come and you turn off the filters and you put down the walls and you come into a place where you feel safe, where what you share is held with confidence, is dealt with delicately, is in a surrounded by a place of love. Are you in a safe place? Is there a safe place that you go to that you are happy to unpack all that you are? Culture and traditions. Where do we form these cultures and these traditions? We form these in our families, first and foremost. The, the way that you do Christmas Day has been taught to you by your families. When we first got married, Kerry and I, Kerry's Christmas Day looked very different to my Christmas Day. And it took a little while for us to, until we both looked at each other and said, let's form a brand new tradition for Christmas. Now, our kids only know that tradition. Because it's in our communities that we learn traditions and cultures. Is that true? So in our family, when we meet together and we have, we have supper, we talk about everything. We don't do the small talk. Small talk's banned. And so when they'll have kids, I know what their suppers will be like. 
because in it indwells the culture and traditions that we put in place. Still with me? We need, co- we need community because it widens our world views. I love sitting with people who have been to far-off countries. And they come back and they give you a perspective on where you live. How many of you have actually been to England? How many of you have actually been to a British school? I'm fascinated when people tell me what British schools are like. They have this op- opinion that British schools are with everyone throwing rocks at teachers and all sorts going on. I'm fascinated. But yet when I've been the one that went to the school and tell them what it was like, they're like, no, really? It was orderly? Oh, yes, and the South African education system was copied after us. World views. We all have experiences. We've all been to the ends of the earth. We bring these experiences back and we grow one another from these experiences. How many of you need to be grown? Because if we don't, we become small. Say, yes, good preaching, Dave. Well done. It's good stuff. We're learning it as we go here. It's in community that we experience God. God is experienced in community. Experienced. It's in in this community that you hear God. How many of you heard God today? But you heard God because you came here. You didn't hear God where you were. You came here and you heard God. That doesn't mean God can't meet you where you were. But when you do come into community, you have a great opportunity to hear God from others. Correct? In community, our needs are met. We're going to talk about this in a while. One of the overriding fruits of a good community is there are no needs among them. We're going to look at that. So when we have community, our needs are met. How many of you have needs? None of you? How many of you have needs? It's a safe place. It's okay. You know I'm going to catch you. Just put your arm up. You know it. So those needs get met where? In our community. If you're not in a community, where do your needs get met? They don't. In community, we worship. How many of you tried worshiping on your own? It's okay. But it's not as good as being with 300 people worshiping, right? Or 3,000 people worshiping. So, money, I talk to a lot of people who have, um, are on, a, on their, their, what I call their independent journey, where they've, they're outside of a, a church gathering like this. The one thing they always tell me they miss is corporate worship. There's just something about us all getting together and being in God's presence. There's a tangibleness about that, right? So in our communities, we find worship. I love Acts 2.42. Anyone read that? Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Uh, go, go and read that. I preached on Acts 2.47 for a whole year. Took the, our church through what these scriptures are. And it's compelling because... What it firstly describes is a Jewish culture before Jesus arrived. And they did all of those things in Acts 2.42 to 47. They met every day. They shared their needs. They ate um, because that was Jewish culture. But what Jesus came did was superimposed upon Jewish culture uh, new meanings for these things. We'll talk about those. But one of the things that 
cultures do, and certainly communities do, is they are missional. How many missions have happened from a single person? Very few. Very few world changing has happened by one person. If you think of anyone that's changed the world, they've done it by having a band of people around them. Would you agree? A group of people get together, usually vegans these days, and they, they charge and they tell you how, to, how you should eat this way or that way. I don't know why I'm banging on vegans today, but who knows? Maybe it's the Lord. But there is mission in community. If you are in a community and it lacks mission, is it a community? Because the natural reproductive effect of a bunch of people getting together who have a common shared belief and a desire to do something is this unconstrained will to change something. I've been in, I've been in communities where they've just there and then got up, gone out and done something because there's just something buzzing in them. Is that true in your community? Is something buzzing in there? Is there mission at the heart of your community? So it's through communities we see the uh, upper room. So Jesus says, go in the upper room, 120 of you, and wait for me. Holy Spirit descends. What's the next thing that happens? They get out of the room, and they trigger off the first revival in Jerusalem. Because it came from a community that comes with a mission and triggers revival. Who would like to be part of a community that triggers revival? But it comes from community. Let's put this up. Let's read this together. It might be helpful. Principle-centered communities are held together by belief. Unity does not mean conformity. However, a common acceptance and understanding of core principles is the glue that holds these communities together. Correct? These principles also become the innate guiding light that ensures the community stays on track. Communities based around obligation or non-held principles seldom last or thrive. You see, if we go to a community out of some sense of obligation because we feel it's told us we need to, I have to. If you're using words like I have to go, I need to be there, I should be there. Those are obligation words. And those communities seldom thrive or survive. What's your attitude right now about community? Is it I must, I should, I ought to? Or is it I want, I desire, I will? Which side of that fence are we on? Just have a little check. Because community birthed in obligation often brings death. But we want communities that mirror the life-giving community of God. We want a community that not only grows us, reproduces us, sees these uh, churches reproduce all over the world and the glory of God seen. But we want communities that uh, attach us to God, that, that we feel God deep in the very sense of us. When we walk in this room or this home or wherever that area may be, and we sit with these groups of people, we feel God and we feel connected. Anyone been there? I've, had the, I've got a joy of being in two, two groups, separate groups of communities. I meet with them once a month, and they're completely diverse. One of them I call my hippie friends, and they're all like quite hippie-ish. And then there's my other friends. 
But I feel God in both those communities. They're safe places where we share our lives, our joy, our pain. There are often tears and joy and laughter and dancing and clapping. Because right in the core of us is this desire to be loved, to be seen, and to be known. And that fruit reproduces. How many people have been in a community or you've been visiting a community and something goes, I'd love to be in this every week? You know what I mean there? Love to be in this. So did you know that there are 59 one another's in Scripture? 56 if you read the NIV, 59 if you read all the others. So what are these one another's? Well, God doesn't, doesn't just tell us we should be in community. He gives us some principles of what we need to do in order to have good community. So who would like to hear some of these principles? Okay, now these are quite deep and quite challenging. So remember, it's not me saying this. This is the word of the Lord. So there are some, <laughs> these are Bible. It's all in the Bible, I promise. Little James 5.16, you can read this. If you, that one another is that when you come together that you confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Let's start with this one. When was the last time in your community you truly confessed your faults? You see, all of us carry hurt and guilt and shame. And unlike the Catholic Church where you can go and confess, in fact, actually psychologists tell us that being a Catholic is the most uh, healing uh, religion of them all because you are forced to go and verbalize and confess your faults. Because in the act of verbalizing and telling someone else your faults, immediately a catharsis takes place, which is healing. Now, John Wesley started uh, groups, by the way, small groups started by John Wesley. And he had four rules. The first thing is, what do I need, what sin do I need to confess? The first thing, every one of his small groups, they went around and you had to confess your sins of that week. Secondly, what victory do I need to give thanks for? You went around the room and you confessed your victories. What truth did I learn? And what person did I see saved? And this was the core of small groups right back then. But there is this healing that takes place when you create a safe place. And you come into that safe place. And when someone says, hey, how are you doing? And you go, I'm really not well. I'm really struggling. And the entire time stops and people look at you and they give you a safe place to unload and unburden yourself. Who wants to be healed? Who would like to be healed of shame and guilt? Community is the place where that takes place. If your community is an unsafe place, then today's the day to start asking questions, the right questions. How do we make our community a safe place where we confess? We don't confess our sin. Our sin's dealt with at Calvary. We confess our struggles, our faults, those times we really blow it up. Our affairs, 
our lies. Those things that we don't come with the shame that God hasn't forgiven us, but we need to forgive us. And when you confess your faults in a community that's safe, you start to forgive you. And a healed community has power to change the world. How healing is the community that you're in? I love this one. Anyone seen the Bayer Tapestry? Anyone know what the Bayer Tapestry is? Ah, I love it. Be English. It's a good thing. So King, uh, it's King Edward the Confessor. Anyone heard of King Edward the Confessor? Okay, if you go to France, you'll see the Bayer t- Tapestry. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it, right, Anne? And there's this, there's this one particular panel where the king has got a very large sword. And he is standing behind one of his soldiers. And the sword is pointed at the person's bum. And the, the caption underneath that is, King, he- king Edward, King Edward the Confessor, encouraging his troops. Because the word encourage doesn't mean lecker men, hundreds, lovely. The word encourage literally was the king would come and say, if you don't jump out of this trench and go fight, this sword is coming somewhere. The word encouragement isn't a nice word. It is an action word. It is to say, you've been in this home group four weeks. You've whinged about the same thing for four weeks. We're no longer praying about it. You're going to do something about it. That's encouragement. Do you see that? See the difference between, oh, we'll pray for some more. We'll pray for some more. Now, there comes a time when praying stops and action starts. If someone's constantly in debt, no money, then you need to talk about budgets. Not prayer. Because that's what encouragement is. And Steve wants a scripture for that. Therefore, Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore comfort or encourage each other and edify one another just as you are doing. One of the one another's. How many of you think sympathy is a good word? Yeah, it's good to be sympathetic. How many of you think empathy is a better word? Empathy, sympathy says, oh, you know, I'm sorry for you. Empathy says, I feel it because I felt that too. But compassion says, let's do something about it. And our communities are full of sympathy. And if they're better, empathy, but they're very lacking in compassion. That we move forward. How many are you still with me? You got five more minutes? Principle number three of a healthy God community is that we cast all our cares upon him or Jesus then delegates it down to us. And Galatians says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What does bearing someone's burden mean or what does fulfilling the law of Christ mean? A burden is a bill that you cannot pay. Simply put. A burden is a bill you can't pay. How do we carry one another's burdens? We pay one another's bills. How many still want to be compassionate? Who wants to be in a community? Who wants to change the world? Burden isn't, oh, I feel bad. No, a burden is we fix the bill. You see, the wonderful thing about the, the book of Acts, 
was that the people who weren't in uh, the, the Jesus followers, they would say of them, these, there were no needs amongst them. Who's talking? The outsiders are talking about those who were inside and saying there were no needs among them. Who was the national health service of the day? The church. Who was the social counseling stories? The church. And where did it come from? The community. So when someone couldn't have a, couldn't pay their debt, someone went and sold a field and brought the contributions of that field into the common purse. And that common purse was dispersed so that they would all. But do you know if that person gets into debt again, the encouragement comes out. We sold a field last time, but you're in the same place. This time it's different. What happens if you're in a community like that? You grow up. Who would like to be in community? Three more. Steve. Four minutes. Admonish one another. The word admonish, 2 Thessalonians 3.15. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as your brother. Communities don't give up on one another. But communities always speak the truth. Communities don't give up on one another, but communities always speak the truth. So we don't let people just run off if they're in our community. We pursue them. Anyone done an intervention before? Anyone know what an intervention is? It's when someone just continually, continually, continually does the same thing. And your compassion compels you to do something about it. And I've heard of stories where people have... uh, In fact, I want to tell you a story. We, We started a small group in a council estate in a place called Crawley in the UK. Council estates are, are where people who haven't got a lot of money, the government houses them and puts them there. And this particular home group we started was full of people that were really on the dole. They didn't have money and they were, they were, they had struggling with alcohol and addictions and all sorts. And this one, the father of the family, while we were doing the, uh, the meeting in their home, would have a six pack and work his way through the six pack whilst we're having our, our home group, because that's okay, that's what they do. And it got to a point where the family and the community decided to have an intervention with this guy. We got him in a room, and each one of the family started to talk about how this alcoholism was wrecking their lives. And We told the guy, one after the other, how alcohol was wrecking his life, the lives of the family. Tears, brokenness, anger, frustration. But it's a safe place. We created a safe place. So they decided that he decided that there and then he was going to stop drinking. And so he was going to put the money that he put in in alcohol, he was going to put in a jar, a big jar on the table. And he'd always, sorry, it's a little bit long story, Steve. He had this dream of having a caravan. And I was there the day when he took that money, he phoned me up and he said, Dave, I'm going to go and buy the caravan. At that, is an intervention in the heart of a God community. How about your community? Is it all nicey-nicey and what did we preach on Sunday and how, where are you going on holiday? Or is it gritty? Does it have depth? Is it joy and laughter and tears and pain? And I'm going to skip a couple because we really are running out of time. Call this one the meeting place. 
excuse the pun. A any vegans here, I'm sure you could do it vegan style as well. There is one thing, <laughs> there, there is one thing that is unique, but also the same about all of the times the Bible talks about community. Anyone want to hazard a guess what that is? It all is placed around food. You talk about Acts 2, 42 to 47. Then look at Corinthians. Corinthians talks about when you come together, some of you are gluttonous. You just eat all the food. So it obviously wasn't a wafer and a dip. When you get together, everyone is starting to gluttonous, eat all the food. He said, no, no, what you need to do is wait for one another. Because that community in Corinth was based around a food, a, food, a meal. In fact, did you know where saying grace came from? Saying grace came from communion. What Jesus did is that in the beginning of Jewish customs, before you started a meal, you always broke the bread. It was a Jewish custom. Jesus took something that was normal and put a holy thing to it. He said, this do remembrance of me as often as you do this. Do what? Have a meal. Every time you have a meal, you're having communion. It's a holy act, having communion. This do remembrance of me. Put a God spin on every time you have a meal. And what has happened over the years is it's turned into, God, thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies. Amen. But let's recapture the heart of that, which is actually communion at every meal we have. What happens if your community meets together around a meal and breaks bread? You bring the, the centrality of the cross right into the middle of your community. Food is at the heart of biblical community. And I love it. So can I challenge you that biblical communities aren't often sitting around with a guitar as much as they're sitting around with a knife and fork. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Breaking of bread is the center of biblical community. One more. Biblical communities are places of acceptance. Read this to you. Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Romans 15, 7. How did God receive you? Whilst you were yet still sinners, Christ died for you. You were anything but holy, right? In the same way, we should accept others. That's why having someone who is unsaved in our midst... Being part of the community is a fantastic tribute to your community. Someone who is a tax collector or sinner can be found feeling secure and safe in the midst of your community. That's an acid test of health. How healthy is the community that you lead? And how open would it be to anyone of any type, creed, form, belief to come in? Because that's the way Christ loves us. It's exciting. So what are the good health indicators of our community? It's simply this. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will know that you are my disciples. So how do you know if someone's a disciple? By the way they admonish, confess, eat, pay for one another's burdens, honor. Those are the ways 
that we love one another. So, church, as a community, how well do we love one another? Are there still needs among us? Do you come but hide behind a mask? Is your community a safe place? Are you part of something that's making you bigger or something that's making you smaller? Are you tapped into the bigger picture of a community that reproduces, that changes the world, that the glory of God will be seen by all men? Is it time to reconnect with the God community, with the DNA that's within us? God bless you.